0: welcome welcome everybody to the working that is chrononaut chronicles i've got three of the other prime chrononauts here with me this evening we will hear from them in just a moment uh looking at the almanac i see that uh, today is actually the feast of saint george which we will get into a little bit later and then uh, on tuesday there is a conjunction between the mars and the moon the mars between mars and the moon and other than that, uh, pretty pretty uh, uneventful week from as far as the Almanac concerned. It does say that the Almanac founder, Robert B. Thomas, was born uh, today, actually, in 1766. And also Spain declared war on the U.S. today in 1898. So those are two fun facts. Um, but all that aside... Uh, this show is sponsored by Mystical Wares, and we do have Derek with us here this evening. I know that he has to uh, cut out a little bit earlier than normal, so uh, we will start with uh, Derek and the gratitudes. Uh, Derek, thanks for being here, and uh, what's going on? What are you? What are you grateful for?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Bill, and all the other chrononauts. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's always interesting. Um, all the, all the different ways we go, and actually, um, I want to mention that this time for the gratitudes is, I'm grateful. For all of you and all the the various um uh perspectives that each of you and us bring to the, you know, to the podcast. Um, because I, I draw notes down all podcasts long on various things I hear. Um on, on the last show, with some AI stuff that, that Adam was getting into and we were talking about that. So I draw notes down and and went from there. So I picked up the breadcrumbs, made a sandwich, and it was a pretty cool sandwich. I'm just talking about it in general, yeah. So it was. A, it's a lot of fun doing that, um, and then I'm going to continue to do that. So that's what I'm kind of talking to the listeners as well. Is that's kind of what we all do here. You kind of at times seems like we're all over the place, but yes and no, there are a lot of synchronicities or breadcrumbs in there, and uh, so I am grateful for that, and the fact that sometimes I pay enough attention to pick up on them. Not all of them all the time, but yeah. So I appreciate that and all of you. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you for being here and. Uh... To spin off of uh, that gratitude, uh, thank you all for humoring, humoring me and being here on Monday nights. This is this is our fifth episode now, so this is exciting that we're starting to get the ball rolling and pick up steam a little bit. So, uh, but my gratitude actually has to do with uh, the the bed I talked about last week. I built uh, Ellie and I assembled a buckwheat hole mattress, so I've spent a week sleeping on it at this point, and I can happily report back that it is. Helping with the uh, quality of my sleep and it uh, is much more supportive than all the other mattresses i've tried you know regular box springs uh, the tempurpedic as well as the purple mattress brand so uh, i'm happy that i'm sleeping better <laughs> but uh, we do have two of the other prime chrononauts here with us adam and ben what is going on fellas i don't know who wants to speak first or share gratitude um I know that I was talking to Derek before we started recording about this huge geomagnetic storm that we just had last, yesterday, yesterday. Right. So uh, Adam, I'm kind of curious to hear.
2: Yeah. Yesterday uh, spooling into today. So yeah, it's just like anything else earth directed uh, CME and, you know, we took a, took a little hit there. So yeah, just, it happens, you know, as we go further and further into a magnetic excursion in our, uh, magnetic field gets weaker we'll just continue to feel these effects even more
0: well I'm glad you're here because I know that you that can affect you as far as when you have migraines is that something that has been getting better because I know that you've had some work
2: done recently I don't know if you want to get into that about yeah, yeah I did have some dental work that has definitely helped um as for this they they sometimes do sometimes don't um I seem to have more of a correlation to um coronal holes when they come in and cross over my region, um, but yeah, this one here, knock on wood, you know, really hasn't uh hasn't affected me, so that's good. But you know, everybody should be aware of it anyways, because just across the board, especially when you have a strong geomagnetic storm like this, you're having effects to all causes of health. So um cardiac, mental health, um metabolism, all these things are directly uh, impacted by the um, electrical interference around us. So, um, just keep an eye out especially if you're you know a high you're a high risk person or you got some of those issues just you know be a little more be more a little more alert cuz once you know about something you can uh you can protect yourself against it
0: yeah it's uh, speaking of knowing i got notifications on my phone yesterday when this solar event happened or whatever and i was exchanging text messages with adam earlier about apps to track space weather and just so happens that like one of the major Events happened, then I got to use the app firsthand and kind of experience notifications. Not that you know it's super exciting or anything, but I guess it, it is. It was kind of a big, like a big
2: storm, right? Like one of the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've had a big one like this since. Um, I want to say it was like, um, 2003, 2007. It was the uh, the Halloween storms or uh, solar storms that that happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Earth has gone through stuff like this before. We've had more of a magnetic field. Uh, Carrington events, you know, and then, you know, back before you'd have any way of even being able to uh, diagnose it. Plus, just start looking at other stars, you know. Um, You know, as we look at other stars, we're seeing upticks in uh, celestial events on other planets. So, yeah, I would just expect, you know, um, you know, probably here within the next couple of decades, it's just going to, you know, escalate continuously. Obviously, within the cycles, because, there's cycles within cycles right now we're at the bottom part of like i think it's like an eight or nine month uh solar cycle that goes on in the storms within the entire um you know yearly cycle
0: yeah i didn't i didn't uh, have the thought to go out and check for auras last night but apparently that
2: you could see some as far oh yeah by you of course bill yeah absolutely yeah yeah the uh the the aura maps were coming like midway through uh the country
0: Ben, did you did you were you outside at all? Did you see any cool lights in the sky? Also, Ben's here with us. I don't know if.
3: He, yeah. Um. Yeah, I was outside there. Uh,
1: there.
3: I'm trying to find the right words to describe what I've been observing um, for a few months now, and I I track the space weather pretty. Uh, I I shouldn't say astutely, but I I do keep an eye on it. And the way um some of the major stars, Sirius in particular, the way their light has been uh perceivable has changed quite a bit in the last few months. Um, as far as color and pattern of the, you know, blinking and sparkling that the stars do. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of flash bulbs and just um, overall a lot of activity, um, a lot of heat lightning stuff like that.
0: Yeah, the uh, I guess there was some green, like balls of of aura over in Germany that they haven't seen, ever. So that that was newly reported. And uh, it was against, like, a purple sky, so it looked looked really cool. But
3: uh... Yeah. And the auroras came down uh, as far south as I am um, a few weeks ago. But there was a lot of light pollution around where I was. But I've been spending a lot of time, especially with this new – coming off of this new moon, um, out at night. And there's, yeah, a lot going on up there if you can get out into the dark. So I remember not seeing
0: Sirius not too long ago. It was like maybe last year or even so maybe it was a while ago, but it was like strobing different colors. It was changing like green and red and blue. It yeah. wasn't just like a solid starlight color. What is it is that more of that's happening? Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah, and actually Janine and I have been talking about that a lot um recently. And yeah, there's a few different rabbit holes you can go down on with with you know star family and stuff like that as to what's going on there but um it has been um exceedingly bright the past couple of that's lunar cycles and when that new moon comes out you can really see the color change
0: yeah it's it's been uh I was like, it's like uh, the star, when you see that strobe like that, is trying to send you a message of some sort, like, a, like an angel, which is something that we'll get into later on in the second, second segment, the new business segment. Um, was there anything in particular, Ben or Adam, that you were grateful for
2: since our last meeting that you wanted to share? Yeah, just communities and groups of people um, in general uh i've managed to find myself into a really cool group that's uh doing a game jam session which is developing a a video game over a very short period of time uh so we're doing it over like a total of like three weeks and maybe two weeks i don't know i came in late on the project so um yeah i've been working on just gathering uh all these audio files for an accessibility game that can be used by blind people so um yeah it's fun i'm not getting paid i'm not doing anything like that, but. yeah, it is really cool to build things. And when you're building things, it makes it easier to build other things around you. So, yeah, I'm excited. And I love that community and people out there and just wanting to get together to do things where, like, the goal is just making something, not to make it to get something.
0: So this isn't like a competition where there's other teams out there? Yeah, it
2: is kind of like a competition. Everybody submits their stuff, you know, uh, but it's it's not, like, uh, super serious.
0: And I love how you you said it's uh, it's more geared towards the creation of the thing. It's the act, the action itself that makes
2: you happy, right? It's yeah, not. yeah. well, in you know, the idea that where is the muse? You know, if you want the muse to come out, you need to sit down and do the work. you know, clear the space, sit down, put in the intention, and just do. And so, yeah, it's always great to have things like that that get you doing um, yeah, because I mean, the way of the world is really, once you start doing something it, you know, The world kind of opens itself up as long you know that uh um what is it like uh fortune favors the brave type of thing you know it so yeah yeah i don't know it's just cool that there's you know like-minded people to to be able to do things like that so um yeah no i love it i love it i'm all in all in on this uh technology of pulling us together in a world where we live in cities so
0: (laughs) yeah that that is cool because it ties into third segment this week which is all about doing your best, right? Which is the fourth agreement in Don Miguel Ruiz's four agreements. Uh, we, last week we covered um, the last chapter where he talks about actually I have my notes right here. But uh, so I thought this week we would just talk about doing your best and kind of make it. I don't know, it's a good message to send out, right? But last week we talked about three ways to kill a parasite, which are uh, facing every fear one on one. And we can stop feeding the parasite. And then we talked about the initiation of the dead. And then uh, he also gave us three masteries that lead people to be a Toltec. And it's the mastery of awareness, the mastery of transformation, and the mastery of intent and love. And uh, yeah, so this is the third, the fourth agreement actually is is kind of, I don't want to say more important than the other three, but it it does make the other three work. But we'll get into that um, in a little bit. Uh, Ben did you have anything in particular I don't did you I don't know if you shared or not I'm losing track (laughs) um
3: I I didn't share yet um but you know when you really get into the the gratitude practice there's so many things uh just throughout the day I find myself um you know kind of whispering thank you for and uh the past few days have definitely um, been days like you know where I can see a lot every day, so I'm grateful for that. To be honest,
0: I noticed I caught myself the other day something went wrong and I was gonna go say I was gonna say God damn it right, but then I, I changed it to God bless it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we're blessing things instead of damning things. But uh, I did I did bring up angels, and uh, this this will move us into our second segment of the show new business Uh, i did i finished a book recently about saint joseph and his world and the book is called saint joseph and his world by mike aquilina and i I thought i just wanted to learn a little bit more about this dude because he has been kind of a a constant motif Growing up, I was born in St. Joseph County. I went to St. Joe High School. Uh, The Freemasonic Lodge I joined was named after St. Joseph, St. Joseph Lodge Number 45. So I I just bought this small little book wanting to learn more about St. Joseph. And I knew that it was kind of an obscure topic going into it because there's not a lot of of information on the guy. Like in the Bible, um, he never speaks. He's never spoken to except by angels through dreams on four different occasions so um, the only time that he's actually spoken to it that's recorded in, in the gospels as far as you know, outside of apocryphal texts is is when uh, jesus is found in the temple after they lose him um, returning from the pilgrimage from jerusalem they they go back and they find him sitting with the teachers and he addresses uh, his mom actually, Mary. He dresses Mary and Joseph together in tandem. So that was that's the only time that he's spoken to by a, by a human, right? But angels are are just messengers, right? And I did uh, I did have a little script from if i can find it. Oh yeah. Um he goes into so Michael the author goes into the different ranks uh, of angels, which i thought was pretty interesting. Ben and i have had some conversations about angels and uh i don't know, if Ben, do you have any oh um thoughts that come off the top of your head? We were we were i know we've discussed the cherubim and the seraphim before, which are the top two ranks tiers of angels, but uh According according to this book, which is something that it, it it's written by a Catholic, so it's got a Catholic slant to it. But apparently, I didn't know this. If I did, I forgot that uh, Michael is the only one to have the title of Archangel given to him. Is that uh... that's
3: that's interesting? Um, you know, working with those energies um, on that, the way I look at it is it, angelic frequency um and it does vary by class of angel I guess um I did I was raised Lutheran but I didn't take it very seriously and uh it's been interesting getting back into that that side of things when you do the research because I've done a, a fair amount of work with Michael and it's a spectacular energy to work with um but it is uh, i look at it along the same lines as the rest of the spirit work that i've done and it's just another frequency that you have access to and i i don't know if uh, like the information or messaging is exclusive i think you can get it through other means if you have some aversion to that you know Christian, uh, mostly Catholic, uh, road that you kind of have to go down, but it is not at all what I had, had imagined in the beginning. And I got there through doing the work with the Holy Guardian Angel, um, somewhat a, a golden dawn kind of route, um, and it really did open up a lot of new perspectives, a new way to look at it. Um, A lot more compassion was flowing in. And uh, I, I just, I find it beneficial to acknowledge and, and work with that energy if it's around for sure.
0: And Derek and I have had a conversation about Michael before. And, uh, I don't know if Derek's with us. I think he might be. Oh, yeah, he's doing something in the store. But um, yeah, the uh, the angels are something that I've I've recently reintroduced or re took another look at respected right, and uh, that that was a, a prompting actually that when Ben was here to come and and visit Ellie and I, we both there was this kind of message that came along to say that to re look back at our you know, where we came from, the traditions that we grew up with, Lutheran or Catholic or Christian in general, right? And take a take a second look at those and draw out, you know, what you can, because there's, for me, I had kind of personally abandoned that, that faith for a long time, like it was agnostic, so to say you know, for, for lack of a better term, but uh, there's a lot of magical stuff in, in, in Christianity to be pulled out and in Judaism, because St. Joseph was a Jew, right? So this, this tradition of angels goes back so right
3: well and it it was fascinating to me once I got it re- into um, researching more and, and working with the ceremonial magic some of the more western you know uh, Victorian area tradition stuff um, how much magic there was in church growing up you know, looking back and seeing some of the same rites and rituals performed in front of me as a as a kid in the choir, right? And uh, it 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 did change my perspective on all of it. Um, you know, working with uh with the Yeshua energy is amazing. I I I get why people you know who get filled with spirit. In that Christian tradition, um, stick with it because it's a it's a great energy, you know. Um, but even all the angels, like I said, they come with their own frequency and their own kind of. I don't I don't know if agenda is the right word, but a way of doing things for sure, and uh, it's fascinating to to see that perspective shift and. Open up a, a deeper view into reality. These things are, you know, like like all souls—they're everlasting and have been around for eons. We've seen a lot.
0: Yeah, and if it's, I think it is a, uh, it's something that has gotten lost amongst at least the. Uh, I don't want to speak for all. Catholics. I haven't been to church forever, but uh it's not really emphasized as much as it could be. As and uh that is kind of sad because, like they, like for see Saint Michael, and, uh, Saint Michael, and see Saint George and Saint Michael. It's just Saint George's feast day today, right? And I think that uh, there's a uh, everything's a copy of a copy of a copy, right? And even even the the myth of Saint George is based off of. Uh, the story it's taken is is actually attributed to Saint Theodore, something uh, I'll bring it up here on my phone. but uh, Theodore
3: I gonna so to I gotta pour a little out for St George is what you're saying tonight
0: well yes, uh, saint St George <laughs> is, you know he's often uh, depicted slaying a dragon or a snake, right. And uh, that that legend actually comes from Theodore Tyron, T-I-R-O-N. And the, the story is, is that uh, there was these villagers that were being I don't know, ruled or harassed, I guess, by a dragon. And they ran out of stuff to, give, to pay him as tribute, so they started sacrificing one of their villagers every year. And everybody was okay with this until... The dragon wanted the, the princess or whatever, right? And so this character comes and finds the dragon, kills him, and everybody's happy. And so this is this is also, I mean, we we the prayer to Saint Michael, the the defender to protect us in battle. Like this is a motif that is, you know, present in in that story too. So I'm wondering. Is I mean Saint Michael is Saint George is Saint Theodore like are these because because the uh, the historical basis for for these characters like they're they're the church is just ch- taking the stories and changing the names right so like what can we really know what, what is true or not like I don't I don't know Derek Derek is back uh, we were talking about Saint Michael. And it's St. George's Day, St. George's Feast Day. And I don't know if you, did you hear me talk about the the villager and the, the dragon, the village and the dragon? You no, know,
1: unfortunately, and I won't get into a bunch to bore all the listeners, but yeah, I had to step out for a moment. Um, I am here in Mystical, where's the store? But no, I'm sorry, I didn't know that, so I didn't even know it was that day either. Because um, somebody actually mentioned to me, and maybe this ties in, Bill, but 422, so a couple days ago, something about the beginning of a galactic new year is that does that tie in at all
0: um i don't know about a galactic one but i know there's a bunch of new year celebrations around this this time of year just because it's spring but uh the i was i was we were talking about angels because i was learning about saint joseph and his world and how uh, angels spoke to him through dreams right and then we got on the topic of saint michael being an archangel and then uh, it being St. George's Feast Day. And I was doing some research and found out that the, the story behind St. George is actually, the origin is from St. Theodore. And the, the legend is that he killed a dragon to save a village uh, from having to sacrifice their princess or the king's you know daughter to, to this dragon. Everybody's cool with human sacrifice before then, but not the princess, right? So the, the saints came in and slayed the dragon and that's where we get Saint George killing the dragon but uh, apparently it was it's supposed to be this huge it was a huge celebration like on par with Christmas back in you know hundreds of years ago right so uh, I, I was just questioning whether since everything there's nothing new under the sun right everything's a copy of a copy of a copy it seems like and uh, so Saint this, this this these three characters Saint George, Saint Theodore, and Saint Michael like are these just different? spins on the same person because we have the saint michael prayer where he defends us in battle and we we have the story of him leading the armies of, of heaven and whatnot i don't know if you had any thoughts on that i know that we've talked about michael before and private conversations
1: yeah yeah and i have odd uh, and i'm hesitating but yeah i mean i'm if i'm ever asked i guess i just kind of got put it out um so
4: uh, for <laughs>
1: yes and I'll speak about it in an odd way i guess or different ways i've spoken to um or communicated with with individuals um that, that go by this but in the in the greater view when you, and how you were just looking at it it's a frequency or energy thing so different individuals again i'm just going to have to speak with the the vague terms we have hold enough of the same or like frequencies or energies as you know to to hmm to create a certain persona or ego, not ego, as in, you know, egotistical ego personality wise. Um, and these can be overlays of, of individuals. Um, so others can reach certain states, and some of those, states, you know, they even call it Buddha in some Um, um, but again, it's a tough thing to talk about because you can reach when I see Michael, it's a being, an entity, an angel, you know, they go by lots of names. Um, or I don't know not titles, but references. I'm not trying to describe that. Um, and it is usually a certain individual. And that one has certain healing characteristics and abilities where I'll communicate with another individual that some will say is uh, St. George. Um, and then that's a whole different entity with different in memory. Everything's energy to me. So you're talking about just one guy's, this is one guy's perspective. Um, I see it all energy and frequency. So then I can see the, again, that's even tough to talk about. The attributes, I guess, the metaphysical attributes is another way of thinking about it. um, That these entities have, or what they're adept at. It's kind of like looking at a a hand, six individuals in high school that are playing track and field. I say, well, that one's clearly good at discus because maybe they got some big old biceps or trappers or whatever, and that one's good run. You know, I'm just trying to tie that odd analogy into what I'm talking about with different entities. So when you ask me, it's an energy thing, and I've seen other entities hold the same frequency in a good way as what some people call angels so I don't know if that made complete or any sense whatsoever
0: so they're tapping into this archetypal energy then right
1: they're attuning higher frequencies that that let them be perceived and come across as again angel is a title it's not a and you're not born that way it's like you know I don't know you're, you're, you 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 encompass it. I don't say you earn it. You, everybody has, you know, long story short, big picture. We all have everything. You know, we just have to realize it. And then depending on where you fall on that, let's make up a term here, realization scale, you can say of densities Well, in my head's really being affected right now. And that's what goes on with me too, is when I do that, it it's even talk about certain things that affects me physically. And that was a real odd one, by the way, I can tell I'm being kind of, messed with here um i don't that doesn't necessarily mean in a bad way either um but yeah so it's a it's a, a state of being you know holding a certain space so i don't know that's the best i can probably get out on that
0: yeah one of the uh, best descriptions i heard about the different thrones of angels that different choirs right thrones is, a, is one of the types of choirs the ranks right they have different ranks of angels is that their job titles like their job descriptions their roles that entities people can fill they're not necessarily entities unto themselves right is that what you're saying
1: yeah because you know, remember okay and also for listeners or everybody um I have no background in any religion whatsoever I don't know I don't know anything about uh, anything to be honest so I can have a blank slate there so I literally just turn on the psychic button, I'm gonna make fun of it psychic button start perceiving and I'm not trained in that either so I can't tell you the magic yoga pose It just goes new. So then I come at it with blank slate. Um, and then I get to perceive. And they sometimes I see entities and it's it's ranged the whole gambit from big old hairy sasquatch that I didn't believe existed. That's all BS, blah blah blah, started there to angels, same thing. Sure, there's entities with this, that well, there are. And I again I come in not with some big old belief story on anything until after the fact, experiencing it or you know, having my own perception of it so um but yeah so it's entity from my perspective we're light entities or beings and we can uh again it's tough time to as, as we have more realizations we can hold more frequencies light do more stuff densities um but yeah you can evolve energetically i guess is one way of putting it i hate even get boxing myself into certain terms because it's 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 just tough to talk about because if I say evolve, then you know that's gonna mean this to one person or another. Cause really just two minutes ago I said we're all everything anyway. And that's how I've learned it is had aha moments of realization, saw like the remote viewing thing. I think I've talked about before is and, and then back in the military thing. Well, it's not remote viewing. I realized I can smell stuff. Well, then I didn't stop there. Then it's remote perceiving. I don't even just start dubbing things. I'm like, it's everything. And then you never know what it is. And you can do the same thing in any way. Um, and that's what I'm saying. You can have the realizations and, and access your own abilities um, that people say gurus and masters have. I mean, it's, it's not a limited thing.
0: Yeah, it does seem like uh, there are some special—I uh, don't know—abilities that that pop up when you get to this level, I guess, because there's a story about Saint George appearing to a bunch of crusaders during one of the crusades and they they won this battle and he just appeared out of nowhere right and there's there's also stories of saint germain appearing to the the people who signed uh, the Uh, constitution or the the declaration of independence are you familiar with that story in the locked room they were all
1: uh, um no i can tell you some of that though um sometimes and i'm not i can zoom in on that specific um occurrence if we want but sometimes entity um those that are helping will appear in the form that those they're showing themselves do want to be seen things like that so and i think you know what i'm saying there. again there's probably a better way of wording it um but yeah that happened i've seen that before they'll show i've seen uh i'll just use my terms to be blunt so i can go faster. here i've seen here in my office doing um sessions i call them spirit guides pop in um when they hold a certain position i dub them in my head as a spirit guide just so you know they're not like wearing a name badge um, cause it can be a passed on brother, sister, grandma, um, as that, but they'll look different to a different psychic or intuitive, or sometimes their loved one. Cause I've had the whole, again, just range of circumstances happen to where even the loved one in here who doesn't have whatever you can call psychic side or third eye, they get, they see it all of a sudden things. Cause we, I you know, hold such space in the room, um, that that stuff happens, um, so and but they'll look differently and you know different ages so it kind of it's it's odd to be honest um yeah i don't know. i don't i can't really explain it much more than that because again i have no training i don't have a psychic manual i keep making fun of that term but i wish i did i mean i saw psychics and i called bs and all that when i was younger too i'm like sure you know stuff from nowhere that was my mom too she was i'd make fun of her not <laughs> her face but i'd probably have something else to deal with then but no i mean i i I'm like a typical person. when I grew up. I was called BS and all, even into the military. When I they clearly knew who I was when I was doing that. Got clear later on, but even at that initial point, I had no idea. Um, and then just went crazy from there. And I forget why we were talking the different.
0: We I was pointing out that the uh, it seems like uh, once the once you reach this level of angel or whatever, you have the ability to biolocate. locate, and these people just people right entities just appear. Oh, you can
1: do it now. I bi-locate, you by locate we all do. And you can call that dreaming, you can call that remote perception. Yeah, I know it's always a play of words, um, but technically you're doing it all the time. All of us are, just so you know. And I remote view and I've done it from here, there. And if there's another psychic, and I'm gonna go fast, another psychic in the pile of people that are in the room um, and they're not all, I'll, I'll just, an example, a recent one, I had to remote perceive into a spacecraft if somebody wanted to see if they were abducted. I, I go into there, I'm invisible to everybody but one little guy in there, and I see that they pick up on me because it was a little psychic ET, and I'm just gonna again make fun of it. Um, but he did; he had his spider senses up, so he knew I I popped in there. Um, so it it if you can all do it already, it's just a play of words and how you describe it. Um, and then you know you can always hone the uh, the ability, I guess you can say. Like you know your sensory levels. Like I didn't know the remote. There's a name for it, I'm sure, but Claire is S- S- I call it Claire smelly. And again, there's some, I'm sure there's an official term, but never Googled that. I just figured it out one day driving home and I could do that. And all of a sudden I could smell the alcohol, even the brand and all of that. The guy was drinking, um, not knowing that was even a thing. So, and that's really how I stumble on this stuff. So it's not like I'm so unhappy when people, oh, I'm impressed with you. I'm like, don't be impressed. I didn't do anything special. I just realized it was a thing and went at it. Um, All these Claire. Um, And again, I don't know the list of clears either. I I see that as the limiting thing. Go ahead, Ben.
3: Well, that's the thing is it is a practice, right? It's just like anything else. The more you flex that muscle, the easier it gets. And it's very common to smell. And I can't, there is a term for it. You're right. I can't say it. Um, But as that, when, when an energy shows up, that's one of the ways they will let uh, someone who can perceive it or is aware of it, that, that, yep, we're, <laughs> you're not just feeling it, it's there, there. it's like a confirmation, so to speak, and it, it can lead you into the right um, line of questioning, you know, if you're communicating with it, so.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm loves to have this whole I smell grandpa's cigarettes or cigar or pipe or whatever the heck. Yeah, and all those when I was younger too, from nowhere. Um they're not from nowhere. So, yeah, lots of interesting experiences out there. Um I didn't I don't know if you asked anything else, Bill or uh, there were I
0: would there was a story about um, Saint George appearing to a bunch of crusaders before a battle and they won the battle. And that reminded me of Saint Germain appearing to the signers of the I believe it's the Declaration of Independence. Do you know about this story, Derek? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, it was either Adam and I got to interview Dr. Bear Lando of Alphabetic. And he was filling us in on a lot of Saint Germain lore. And apparently the signers of the gotta be the, the Declaration of Independence. Ben, do you know?
3: Yeah, you're on the right track the um that guy shows up throughout history all the time. It's amazing, and, there, and it's not—it's not like a perceived energy. The dude walks into the room, right, and uh hundreds of years apart, and it's documented on on notations and journals and things like that. Um And it is like Derek was saying—they do—they show up how they show up, and it's. In my experience, if they're, you know, as the spirit or energy is coming in to help in some way, um, they show up in a, in a believable, perceivable way so that you're not going to, you know, I mean, that if a biblically accurate angel shows up, right, and it's all whirling feathers and flaming and eyeballs, and be not afraid, right, that's, yeah, it's fucking weird. But so if if it is this just a helpful energy coming in to assist in doing something great, they'll show up in a way that is not going to be at all odd. I guess.
0: So just to uh, to not startle you, I guess that makes sense. It reminds me of these old um, medieval Renaissance paintings, like really classical pieces of art of the people like reading a book or whatever. And then all this expression on their face and they'll be looking over their shoulder and there's like this angel in the air looking over them and they just have this really surprised look on their face or kind of like uh spooked not spooked but startled like ah this... <laughs> what are you doing
1: i'll say there's something more going on with that too because uh i think it was adam that was saying something earlier about the uh um the solar flares and and stuff like that and well that's all energy and frequencies and um of course our solar system is always, you know, driving through the galaxy. We're always moving. We're not sitting in one spot. So stuff is changing is what I'll say. And I can't. I know that was real technical, but what I'll tell you is here in my and it happened today as well in a session, I'm getting a whole lot more and I don't think it's a me thing. I think it's an environmental thing, a lot more visuals. You know, I can always turn on a psychic thing and see stuff and and do that. But it's now it's more of a a a, a third density visual it's on our visual spectrum so I don't have to go all psychic Derek and turn it on kind of thing um and it's different is why I'm kind of even bringing this up um because it is I'm getting other people saying they and they're looking at the same little shiny thing I'm looking at so what I'm saying is and I because I can see who it is I can see it's an entity behind I can chat with that person but here on 3D they're coming through is literally a visual and I know it's been happening forever to one degree or another but it is ramping up is why I'm bringing it up um a visual spark like it was sitting over somebody's head it was right above where you'd say the crown chakra was um and it was floating there for i don't know maybe two seconds and that's a huge amount of time by the way for a little what somebody would call an orb or a a light to turn on because it was just like a blink of an eye um and then for a typical thing like that but no these are these are happening a whole lot more um there's more uh and again this may be uh throwing it to and or Ben, um, a whole, I, I call it the uh, merging of densities and they're more accessible. Um, and again, this is my big time layman's terms here um, because it's easier to work now. It's even easier for me. It's not that all of a sudden my psychic muscles got really big. Um, yeah, and I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, you do that stuff, it will enhance them. But I'm just, again, bringing it back to, that's not in this case what I'm talking about. It's becoming more tangible. And for those around me and you don't have to just be standing next to me for it to happen i think everybody here will have their own examples or have heard from somebody but um but that's the thing they're becoming more um more here stuff i had a friend today a whole g um agate something or other anyway a rock manifest from nowhere just in their sink appeared. i think it was yesterday or today um so stuff like that and that happens to me too but when it happens to people that um, that it maybe doesn't happen as often, too. Well, then that's you know, something is that you got something
4: there? As far yeah. as go ahead,
0: speaking of stuff just manifesting and appearing, this is a tiny little chunk of titanium quartz that my wife dug out of the front yard last wow. year. And there titanium quartz that has to be treated, right? Like, yes, it you don't find this in
1: nature. Oh, no, no, that has to be treated somehow.
0: And it's not, I mean, it's super tiny, it's not really in the best shape, but either, you know, someone had to drop it there a long time ago, like 10 years ago, and it's just now coming to the surface. Or I don't know, I think it just appeared there
1: for some reason. I don't know.
0: Do you do you get anything off of that, Derek?
1: Um, well, let me lower this down now because I don't even know if that's been around long enough. That's what I was trying to find here too, is okay, hold that up again. Let me look at that. Oh. Okay. That was interesting. You know, I did not get to and not that I need to visually see it, but I'll tell you what, as you move that up, both my ears, um, I don't know, pressure. So like you feel like you have to do the balsalva maneuver. Yeah, I saw that enough there. Let me look at it and see. I'll tell you it was dropped, because that's for sure. Um, I'm trying to see if it was intentional. Uh what I was trying to say, there's I like got a, a little like zapped. I and mean, you hold things up like that, um, it and it happens to everybody again, so to one degree or another, it And I always pick up on this is why I'm slowing down to give you behind the scenes babble like I do Um, it. And it was directional, which doesn't make sense to me because my model is in front of me. So why the heck would that be a directional thing? You know, let's get some scientists to figure it out. Uh, It pressured my ears forward back. And remember, I'm I'm a retired commercial deep sea diver and yes, scuba diver for who knows how many decades. So I've been underwater a couple thousand times. You, it doesn't work that way your ears don't kind of go uh pressure layer by layer that's not a thing and most of you are probably everybody's been on planes so you you get the gist of the whole uh blowing your ears or popping your ears um kind of thing so it's 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 all that happens at once but that crystal just did that to me bill is why i'm kind of honing in on this and that was unusual that it did that um i'm looking to see it dropped it's kind I'm of to see it's up it's it a
0: little bit. Just kind of uh
1: all i am seeing, I'm not getting any big message from it, to be honest. What I see is a young a younger I don't know a twenty year old male intent walking by, looking down, like tossing it. that's all I got, nothing else. so not a real exciting reading um but that and that is whatever because you know i don't add on anything because i'm a blunt guy too i'll tell you and if there was a oh et bob flew by and gave it to you as your upgrade you need to put it on your third eye you know i'd get into all kinds of crazy babble babble um because a lot of crazy stuff's real and i'm again making fun of all this but that's what came in and then also i'll tell you i asked to only be shown interact with what's good for the person then and usually i'm bringing it back to a session now so I tell the guides or the higher self, as I'll term it, and others do. I only want to know what's best for this person now. It's not that I get access to everything, and some people think that. Some people are actually scared to walk up to me in the store here, they think I'm like psychically reading all their secrets and stuff. Like, I don't have time for that. If you knew what's going on in this head, you'd know there was no space. I'm going 100 miles an hour, and I'm barely catching on the fraction of what I'm thinking about. I'm not reading you, um, unless I need to. Then I am alerted. That is a thing, by the way. Um, but on that. No, younger. I keep want to say younger guy, so I don't want to say about that. Um, yeah, he looked down, tossed it there. That's all he got. Do you have neighbors? Um, that you're you're in the woods or something, aren't you?
0: Yeah, our neighbors are pretty far away. Not like maybe the
1: previous long. homeowners intentionally put it there as like a crystal grid thing, but it wasn't dropped. It was he's looking down, throwing it a couple feet from him. So I'm not talking about like out on the street or something. So it was, it was like placed.
0: Yeah, so, it was uh right. We have a brick walkway that goes up to our front. Front door, and there's like a little yeah. iris patch.
1: It's maybe. not more than three feet from where he threw it. So it's, yeah, I can, I, I don't know why. So I can, I don't want to bore everybody in the show and try and chat with the guy, but that's what happened. It was looked like an intentional thing. So, you know, most people throw grids for crystal grids, this, that, and the other. I don't use aura quartz. Um, we have some, but I'm, I don't use it for stuff. It's a modified, they add onto the frequency. It's pretty, I guess, if you like the shiny stuff.
0: Right, this looks like a rainbow.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I don't use it for anything myself, or opalite or the fake fluorite that's everywhere nowadays.
3: Well, and my guides have had me chuck a few crystals here and there, uh, more than a few. Sure. Um, I've always got something in my pocket to give away, and I don't need to know why, you know. So, right. it, it it was something along those lines. It was meant for Ellie to find when she found it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no, and I do, I've i done thousands of built, my gosh, more than that, pieces of shungite. Oh, fuel the need, build, there it goes, out the car window. Who
4: knows?
0: I've heard of people making these holy hand grenades and throwing them near cell towers to clean up the frequencies. Is that, you You know what I'm talking about, Derek? Yeah,
1: yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what we make them. I've got one actually right here behind me. Literally called that. Uh, HHD stamped on it. Uh, It's an Oregon device. You can make them, I've made them for years too, in a copper pipe is one way of doing it, by the way. Yes, you can make Oregon devices, but those will melt, they'll get hot, they'll do all kinds of stuff. But if you get a copper pipe and just close up, plug up one end, do your layers in there, I'm not going to tell anybody how to make a, let's say seven layer cake, do what you're led to do. And that's the Oregon device, um, in there and then plug up the other end. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of looks like a, a pipe, B O M B. I don't want to get his flag, so it's not. It's a love device, everyone listening. Um, but yeah, so they're they're interesting that way. If it's in the copper, of course, copper moves orgone energy really well. Um, but yeah, barium. If you're going to do them, everyone, because if you leave those laying around, there's going to be phone calls happening to, to bomb squads and stuff like that. So if you've used the copper, yeah, I've heard so many stories. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, but they weren't. You gotta put no, because it- it, I, I mean, seriously, straight up looks like a, you know, that what I was saying. And I don't know what flags us nowadays. That's why I'm joking, but not joking on what I'm saying here. Because, But yeah, but no, they're, they're legit things. Um, And I have ones probably a foot long in here. There's lots of crystals. Um, I put them in staffs. So straight up, you can hollow out like a, get a piece of driftwood, which is everywhere where I'm at. Um, actually, it floats over from Russia. So you get a cedar branch, hollow out the middle start loading that thing up with i have crushed crystals quartz shungite powder nuggets all kinds of trinkets and stuff depending on what your you know plan is with that tool That's yeah it. tool. it's
3: yeah. really easy to get creative and with you know you're you're setting the right intention off the bat to do stuff like that i've i've put um shungite and clear quartz into balls of compost with wildflower seeds and chuck those out the window too so um get creative with it, and that's you're you're moving forward with that uh co-creation with the universe, and that it's it makes an even bigger wave of uh you know love frequencies, if you will, um when it's artful.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen anybody do that's a good idea. I haven't seen anybody do yet, but adding things like medicinal shrooms or Um, you know psilocybin ones you know all of that in an orgone device because these are cold oh yeah and that's that's a frequency of course um and that's that's something that's it can be done i mean there's there's so much stuff you can do with that yeah there's energy tools and you can make a swiss army knife i I make a reprogrammable one where you can have a there's a little opening you can roll up on a piece of paper right you know well, grandma's name and she's got a tummy ache, and send her love, or let's say Fluffy, your cat, the next day is an issue. So, what I'm saying is, I don't care what you write on your little sticky note piece of paper that you put in that device, it adds that frequency to it. And I do that with my scalar units at home. um You know, just writing the names of people. In my case, I print them out, but hey, you write love on your glass of water. It's called homeopathy. You all know that. Um, probably to the painful degree. But yeah, so you can. Uh, add the frequency to it so even in orgone devices I don't know if we have any online available anymore but I did have them but you can make them and uh, add add parts to them they're reprogrammable
2: yeah sigils are a thing so you know the symbols that we write on things can transfer
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah. yeah absolutely I got lots of studies on that I'll be posting here soon on mystical uh, MysticalWars.com website under the shungite faq page but these same studies and other, I literally have 50 of them um, I'm going to upload them all to my own server because they keep disappearing online. I think I've talked about this before, but now I've got them myself and printout. So talking about this, where literally the science has been done, I don't care if it's a steak or, you know, a, a cup of water. Either way, there's water molecules and everything, and they're all programmable. Um, so what's in there will be aligned with you energetically. Uh, you get more nutrients out of it. You'll You'll get more, the water, you won't be, you won't, you know. Uh, pass 90% of it and keep 10%, which is what most people get when they drink tap water. Those numbers will reverse, and that's all science. Anyway, where were we going, Bill? Well,
0: I, I, you you mentioned that you get your driftwood from Russia, and I was actually going to tie that back into the St. George, St. Michael, St. Theodore thing because the, in on the Russian, like their little coat of arms, right, is a person on a horse slaying a dragon, kind of like St. George, but, um, Brings me back to the whole Saint George and Saint George's Feast Day, and in Russia, um, having that on their coat of their arms, like that's—I don't know, Derek. You spent time in the military. Did you learn about any other military traditions, or do you know anything about why that, why specifically that emblem is is on the coat of arms for Russia?
1: I know absolutely nothing about that. Wish I was more help. Uh, the
0: slaying—I don't know—just the whole slang, just drag, slaying the dragon archetype or theme is intriguing to me. But uh, um, back to programmable and unprogrammable stones. Uh, last last episode, you pointed out that Shungite is not a crystal and is not programmable. Is it, am I getting that right?
1: sorry i was struggling with my mute button there um oh yeah no it's it's carbon is what it is it's carbon based um so it's not i mean if there's always a percentage of everything in anything so i mean it's always you got to be have a little uh leeway there but no it's not a a, a programmable as we usually speak about it like crystals or, or water or salt or ourselves or the air around us um with the little crystalline structures we call water um that are programmable that's what makes certain things programmable um most of the time that's not if we're talking physical but there's energy fields so like people's attachments they're not attached to the water molecules around the body no it's an energy thing so again now but you're talking minerals so no shungite's not
0: so it doesn't uh, hold memory then like because water is programmable it holds memory right like shungite doesn't hold memory in the same
1: way no no it hold okay it holds it's base frequencies continual so just like many other ones do now it can be modified like we've talked before i tumble it with silver and then it changes it but no you're not going to hold a piece shungite i'm going to program you for this that and the other shungite moves energy it doesn't really like snap shot it or freeze frame it or you know program it um, like we're talking about so you'd want to have a crystal in one hand a piece shungite in the other is what i would do if, if you're if you're doing it that way and it always you know it depends on the what somebody's describing what they're doing but if you're literally trying to have a a a trinket in the physical density holding certain frequencies and that can be metaphysical ones well then yeah you want to have a crystalline structure of some kind and then Shanghai just gets the whole environment moving so then you can tune the frequencies better the Shanghai is your aluminum foil on your rabbit i'm an old guy on your rabbit ear antennas on your tv if you go way back when um it's again it's not it's just Opening up to all the free its frequencies. So and then you use your own intention, um, you can call it imagination and emotions to then choose the frequency. So get excited or have a well, I want to be more psychic. Well, then guess what frequency that little crystal is gonna hold until a bigger energy comes around it. Uh, or you know, you earth it or ground it out. There's a million ways to do that. I'm sure Ben has lots of been put on that too. I know he does all kinds of things, and that whole um talking about the driftwood yeah that is everywhere and I used I even eat some uh cedar seeds we drink cedar oil at times too all from Russia and there's lots of reasons for that that goes into the whole um uh singing uh ringing cedars that's a whole book series um but anyway Anastasia people can Google those terms and they'll see what book series I'm talking about but there's a whole thing with the the cedar trees and and using it for in energy tools um, and this is the cedar forest right here I live in. This is the same lines as uh, the Russia forest. Cascade mounds.
0: I used cedar planks to build my bed frame for that buckwheat mattress.
1: That's a great idea. And that's what these this Mystical wares has is cedar ceilings. I didn't do it just by, you know, air here by chance. Synchronistically, I'm in a big Faraday cage building uh, with cinder block walls, which is stopping all the Wi-Fi and the harmful BS out there, most of it. Um, and then cedar ceilings which also stops a lot of it so um but no there's a whole energy tied to the cedar as well that again somebody can probably explain better than me but um it's a great energy tool
0: is it oh man okay so they used cedar to build the temple in jerusalem this is part of the freemasonic it's uh...
1: not random nothing's random so realize see mm, okay I'll, I'll give you a little bit of uh, more um no, all trees do this to one degree or another. So woods programmable, too. I know people don't often think about that, but it is. So as a cedar tree grows and they like to put in some of these books, you know, the 500 year mark, and that's not, don't quote anything on this. It has been growing or existed. And we work this way, too. Um, in, in so many frequencies for so long that it basically is downloaded that. So I'll just put it this way. We're, we're all learning songs throughout the generations or decades. So, and those accumulate over time. So if you can get a sacred cedar tree, an old one that is so many hundreds of years old, um, it's said that it it can hold such frequencies. And in the right hands, yes, I'll agree with that. Not that you just walk up, grab, ooh, there's your magic cedar tree. I'm a wizard now. All right. Um, But it is a tool because that's, again, grabbing a Swiss army knife to a two-year-old saying, you know, give me the the toothpick they're not gonna know what they're even doing of course don't give knives to kids I'm just saying (laughs) I never should qualify here but it's the most awareness level so somebody like Ben you give him a piece of cedar that's not just a stick you can turn that sucker into a straight up magic wand you can turn it and you know well I found the words an energy device but that's what they were called back then were wands um and then if you get more understanding you start wrapping the layers um you know the organic and metals that's the organite then you get in all that and you can start go from the inside. But yeah, Cedar's a fantastic tool. Inside and out, by the way. So Cedar Royal too. Um, you can put it on your skin.
0: Ben, did you have
3: anything? Yes. I, I was gonna say Cedar is a great energy conductor. I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny play on words with a wand, but um it's more for me anyway, it's more um interacting with with the tree spirit and you know if you find a branch there is that that echo of that that entity or that intelligence within it and tapping into you know cedars always been sacred like you said they built a temple in Jerusalem um that family of trees the juniper you know that it's its fruit has been used for medicinally and other things forever and it is closely related to Jupiter as well. So there's a lot of and it, it seems it's cross-cultural, right? There's a lot of uh burning of cedar um where Derek is in, with the native population there. And you go to Scandinavia, you know, there's a reason saunas are traditionally made out of cedar. Um it's a very healing energy i find and uh mixing it with the metals like derek was saying you wrap some copper around a a cedar branch and i think almost anybody can feel that you know it's like like dowsing you can feel the energy coming into it
0: yeah i have yet to make my electroculture antennas but yeah wrapping copper around I don't. I don't have. uh, I have some extra cedar planks, but I have these four by four posts. I think would work better. But I'm going to do that. (laughs) I promise, and I will report back to see if I can uh, tell you guys about any. I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's funny. I I'd forgotten you mentioned you were planning on doing that, and um, yeah, a little cosmic reminder there, I guess. Right.
0: I'm excited. I just got it. I don't know. I'm thinking it's kind of. I haven't looked up how much it is to buy copper wire. I imagine that. Kind of expensive, but
3: not really. Yeah, you don't need much, I guess, and it's it's not expensive. You can get you know just go to any hardware store and um a roll of bare wires, eight or ten bucks maybe.
0: So why were a a few years ago there were a bunch of people like stealing copper?
3: Well, yeah, is it? I mean, by the pound, I don't know what I mean.
0: That, that I mean, if it's not that expensive, it's also right?
3: desperate people who really needed money at the time. True, it's hard work. I mean,
1: the gauge copper you know, is much different that they're stealing. So, if they're going out there to these different power boxes and transformers, or I don't care what it is, um, the gauge copper is a whole lot thicker. So, you know, the copper the Ben and iron are talking about going to get is relatively cheap, but when you get the stuff they're talking about, no, issues. yeah,
2: and, and they're stealing, you know, thousands of feet at a time
1: yeah i make dowsing rods out of i don't even know what gauge copper it is 16 or something or other um and that can add up um kind of quickly but wire that you know just electrical wire that you're talking about running that's not gonna be that pricey
0: okay cool well i, may, I will uh, do my best to have that prepared for next show because i'm coming up on a, a payday so um that does bring us to the top of the hour though and i do know uh, Derek has to bounce out a little bit early. So we're going to jump into the uh, inspirational segment, the third segment of the show. There are three segments to the show. I don't know if our listeners or anybody that's just new is, is, is just joining us or if, hasn't caught on, but I'm trying to break this into gratitude's new business and then the inspirational third segment of the show. And this is, um, Adam helped me, um, Formula not formulates, but he emphasized that if when I'm designing a new podcast or a new show or whatever, that to make sure that we have specific segments that people can count on and look forward to, because it brings structure to the show and uh, predictability and continuity. So, thank you, Adam, for for coaching me along on my on this adventure.
2: Dude, I'm here with you. I love it.
0: But uh, yeah, we we are going to talk about doing your best today. This is the fourth agreement in Don Miguel Ruiz's four agreements. And I just, it's super short. um, So we won't, this won't take too much time, Derek. I know you have to leave. Um, But I just have a few points written down and then a small excerpt about an Indian custom named uh, Puja, P U J A. Probably not saying that right, but I'll read from the book and he'll explain it better than me. But yeah, it is, speaking of explaining, doing your best, it seems kind of, self explanatory right so what what exactly happens like when you do your best why should we do our best what is the advantage for us doing our best well if you do your best there is no way that you can judge yourself and if you don't judge there's no way that you're going to suffer from guilt blame and self punishment this way we we don't have any regrets when we do our best and this this sets us free right this is kind of breaking a spell, so to speak. Don says that actually, it breaks a spell over you. So, just doing your best can break a spell, guys. And then, uh, what does uh, doing your best? What does that mean? It means that you live your life more intensely. And this is from the book, but I added with more intention, right? Because one of the masteries they speak about is the mastery of intent, the mastery of love right so and uh, <clears throat> so doing your best means that you live your life more intensely it is the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy when you always do your best you take action doing your best is taking action because you love it not because you're expecting a reward so that's the other thing um that I, I kind of wanted to highlight is that we're not you're not really thinking about thinking 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 about the reward so the, this this breaks a spell on us, right? It prevents us from judging ourselves and from uh, feeling guilt, blame, self-punishment. And uh, when we do our best, we're thinking about the action, right? You're not thinking about the outcome because you're fully involved in what you're doing. You're being, you know, intent. And most, it's, Don goes on to say that most people do the opposite, right? They They only act when they expect a reward. And that's why they don't. Enjoy the action they're doing, which is why they don't do their best, right? And uh, an interesting note on rewards—I don't have any example off the top of my head, but uh, the rewards will come. And sometimes, when you're not attached to the reward, you even get more than what you would have been expecting to begin with, right? So it just turns out better than than expected, kind of, kind of like that vaudeville. Um, timeline that I referred to back when, when Owen was with us about uh, on, on Reality Transurfing. And uh, th- I did want to do a whole episode just for this agreement specifically, because without this agreement, the other three don't work. So I thought that it was kind of important that we do an episode and emphasize about doing your best, right? And he, he uh, Does explain a little bit about this Indian ritual called punja, puja, in here. So I'll just read real quickly. In India, they perform a ritual called puja, P-U-J-A. Probably not saying that right again. But in this ritual, they take idols that represent God in many different forms and bathe them, feed them, and give them their love. They even chant mantras to them. Uh, The idol itself is not important. What is important is the way they perform the ritual, the way they say, I love you, God. God is life. God is life in action. The best way to say, I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. The best way to say, Thank you, God, is by letting go of the past and living in the present, right here and now. And then a few pages later, he talks about uh, the, that same ritual in respect to to our body and taking care of ourselves and and, and our health. That's what you conclude. How I what I took away from it. But uh, if you if you do your best in the search for personal freedom, in the search for self love, you will discover that it's just a matter of time before you find what you are looking for. Not about daydreaming or sitting for hours dreaming in meditation. You have to stand up and be a human. You have to honor the man or woman that you are. Respect your body. Enjoy your body. Love your body. Feed, clean, and heal your body. Exercise and do what makes your body feel good. This is a puja to your body. And that is a communication, a communion between you and God. So the end point here is that every action and becomes a, a ritual in which we are honoring God. So that's pretty much all I have written down here. Um, the, the four agreements, he says that there are mastery, there's summary of the mastery of transformation, which we touched on last episode. The, the other two masteries are intent and uh, awareness. And then he ends, he he stops talking about the fourth agreement towards the last bit of the chapter, and he ends with the the goal of a warrior, and this ties right into the uh, the goal for this podcast, is to transcend this world and to escape from this hell, his words, not mine, and never come back. The reward is to transcend the human experience of suffering to become the embodiment of God. So that is the warrior's disposition at least from a toltec perspective which is kind of pretty similar along the lines of what i laid out for as far as time traveling and descent or transcending above above time and out of this world right so what do you guys what do you guys think about those two little pieces connecting there
1: i was gonna say i can summarize part of that and, and for me was that uh, you know basically do your best or try your best with no expectations and, uh, you know, and you may be surprised. So, um, no, that's, that's really interesting.
0: It, it does kind of tie back to stoicism too. in that we, when we put out these projects, right, we're not thinking about what other people, how they're going to be received by other people. We're doing them because we're doing it because it makes, you know, for, for us, right. To, cause this is our expression and, and we're not worried about, being criticized and whatnot or
2: kind of like not worried about getting a reward right yeah and what are you making you know you are a culmination of your emotions and you're making this emotion that can be felt no other way unless you know uh the goal is the thing itself
3: i find it interesting too that he phrases it as taking action right um and i've meditated on this one disagreement quite a lot because um, I, I thought I had always tried to do my you know done my best um, but I find if you take a pause and look at it for a minute more and say can I do it better that propels you into you know making sure you're doing your best
0: so after you've completed the action you would pause or before you start?
3: Well, no, yeah. I mean, obviously taking action to start whatever it is that you're going to do your best on, right? But um, the pause comes not just as, as reflection, but within, I, I work with my hands a lot. So I'm a carpenter and building things. So you can with within the action pause look at it again and then you know keep going it's it's taking a pull on the oars you're still in flow you're just going to slow down for a second can i do it better and go forward from there
0: right that's kind of like keeping in mind the mastery of intent or awareness right being aware of are you are you always doing your best right and I love that you brought up that you're a carpenter because Joseph was a carpenter as well. And I, I learned that the carpenter, the name, or the word, the Greek word that they used was more like a workman. It didn't mean um, carpenter per se. So because uh, this, this, somebody skilled with their hands, right? And this goes into learning a trade. And um, apparently trades and, and passing them on Generationally, is, is a, uh, a Jewish thing. Is very the value on work was not placed um, like it was in that culture, and on and, uh, as it like as it was in other cultures. Like for instance, the Greeks, uh, they even Socrates or Plato. It's referenced in this book. I should have looked it up, but uh, maybe we'll next time. the uh, The value placed on labor was was um, not as highly held in high as esteem as it was among the Jewish people. Which I found very interesting. They, the, the Greeks wanted, you know, a very split system. Like men or people of leisure would do the whole politicking and all the fancy frou frou stuff, and then the common person would be the laborer, right? Which is not very egalitarian. Am I am I am I wrong about that? <laughs> not uh, no meritocracy there. more of like a caste system. But yeah. And it also reminded me of, uh, he was also able to uh, travel from place to place, kind of like a, a Freemason would, to find work. He would travel for work, stay overnight, and knew the roads, and was well-traveled and all that stuff. It was really an interesting book, but going back to doing your best, um, it's a super important topic that i wanted to to stress give it its its own episode and this is um something that i try to remind myself not in this particular way every morning but i get up in the morning and try to remind myself that this is going to be the best day ever speaking of doing your best so just trying to keep that mindset from the get-go and uh Sometimes you know if your best is only seventy percent of what you know you're a hundred percent capable of, right? Then you know that's that's your best for the day. Sometimes you know that's all right, and it's okay to be okay with that because you know there's always tomorrow. Hopefully.
3: <laughs> well, and I don't. Can you do your best if you're not you know mindful of of how you're taking care of your body and if you're getting enough rest and things like that? You know stress generally disrupts that flow and will cause a a varied outcome and if you're going after something to you know do your best and and master it then i think taking taking time to make sure that you're able to operate at your best level so it's a little a little counterintuitive, but I'm a big fan of naps, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a great way to uh, that's what a Neville Goddard. Neville doesn't say to nap to meditate, but he says, Go into a trance like state akin to sleep, right? So, almost napping, <laughs> uh, but that exactly you're right about the whole um, what you can't do your best if you're not physically feeling 100% your best, and that goes ties right back into what Don Miguel was saying about the ritual of taking care of your body as a communion with god and as an expression of love so doing things like getting enough sleep or you know uh, not drinking soda or um you know taking the stairs or whatever just being mindful being consciously consciously you know aware of what we're putting in our bodies what we're putting you know not just physically even but mentally like what what are we allowing to or entertain us like enter our brain and hold our attention so yeah, that's a great, great point, and it ties right back into the uh, the Indian ritual of taking care of idols. And if you can make your body an idol, that's good for your health, right? <laughs> but uh, with that said, guys, I don't really have anything else planned for this evening. Um, do you think that we should uh, cover the last three agreements in one episode moving forward? Or should we take one agreement per episode and, and stretch it out and kind of really make this
2: a, uh, a meditation? Now, I wouldn't even say stretching it out, but I think that there's a lot in there. Uh, yeah, there's no need to do it all at once in my mind. That's just me.
3: Yeah, giving each one their due. It sounds, sounds yeah. like a fun meditation or conversation. For sure.
4: Yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking too. So that is what we'll plan on for the next three episodes. Um, I do hear that uh, there's a fifth agreement out there. So maybe we'll stretch this out into four episodes. Uh, But yeah, just to give the listeners a little heads up of what to expect for the third segment in the future. Um, And just to, to touch on the fifth agreement, quickly. I was looking for artwork because I want to get a poster of these and hang it up somewhere where I can see it and keep this in my mind. But the fifth agreement was interesting because it said something along the lines of to uh, be skeptical but learn to listen, which spoke to me because when Adam and I were doing thirteen questions and I went through the interview and was asked the questions, right? Was got to sit in the hot seat. One of the answers I gave had to do with not having cognitive dissonance. When approached with new information about a subject that you maybe feel like you know a lot about, right? So that that fifth agreement speaks, you know, directly to that. So I thought that was a cool addition, and it kind of reminded me of the uh, uh, the tenth. Uh, what is it? The Celestine Prophecy, the tenth insight. I guess there's a uh, there's a part two. Uh, as far as the Celestine prophecies go, which is something else I want to get into on this show, maybe we'll do that after after the four agreements. Um, but Ben was the one that introduced me to uh, the Celestine prophecies. I actually um, finished reading the book not too long ago. But Ben, do you know anything about the tenth insight?
3: Um, yeah, it's it's a I don't know not a sequel but a compendium for sure. It it just goes into sort of encapsulating all of them a little deeper as i recall it's been a couple years since i reread those um i read it for the first time in high school which at this point seems like a parallel universe um but the uh i found them again a couple years ago um at my mom's house and she had read it after i left it at the house um when i moved off and started adventuring around and when i came home the 10th insight was there and a like companion workbook oh. which i found pretty interesting to leaf through too um so you yeah, had the author's name is escaping me at the moment, but he's anyway. he's done a lot more work since the uh, the first book in you know, like ninety four ninety five when that came out. So
0: yeah, I think it's James Redfield. Redfield.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, yeah. So we'll get into that. I'm I'm not going to reread the that, um, but I would do want to read the second one, though the 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 tenth uh, Insights, But we'll definitely go through. Uh, the first nine and um, before that though we'll finish off the last three agreements possibly the fifth agreement from Don Miguel Ruiz and aside from that we are doing this live I will release this podcast as in we'll release this as a podcast on Tuesday evening so uh, look out for that if you're not catching this live but you can listen and chat with us live every Monday at chrononautchronicles.com and any parting words before we sign off from any of the other prime
3: chrononauts no I just appreciate the space yeah thanks
1: that's exactly what I was going to say I appreciate it well said thank you (laughs) great time
0: right on well thank you all for showing up Uh, listeners and chrononaut primes And until next time, everybody, carpe diem.